Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I still have no remorse. I didn't miss it. But the point is that we wanted you there as our team. Okay, I get the point, Missy. I completely get the point, but I wasn't. Okay? We missed you. I wasn't there. Let it go. Move on. Next. I got that she didn't, She told Mary she didn't want to do it because of her hip, and then she told me she didn't want to do it because you didn't want to move. I know, because you said this, and you told me, and I'm like... <laughs> I don't know why you can't comprehend that. Hey. Why would you come on a girl's trip with people you don't want to be with? <laughs> I get the point. Missy, uh, hello everyone and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City. Anytime Mary Cosby and Whitney Wildrose are communicating, I'm in heaven. Let alone when it's on a Sprinter van. Salt Lake City women do their best work on a Sprinter van. I was so happy. And here's the thing. Whitney Wildrose was right about Mary Cosby. What is she doing on this trip? What is she doing on this show if she hates everybody? However, I am loving Mary Cosby on the show. And she works in a way that I don't think any other housewife in the past who hasn't wanted to do the show works. Because I will watch Mary Cosby on that fucking Sprinter van, going to the Starbucks, getting her oat milk latte, or getting a fish fillet at McDonald's. I am happy as a clam watching her on that thing. And at one point, she's fighting with Whitney, and she says something like, okay, next, next. And I was thinking of the MTV show Next. Remember, they were always doing some bus work on that show. We need to reboot that with Mary Cosby. I was thinking maybe Bravo. They present her with new housewives while she's on a bus or on the Sprinter van, and then she just says, next. Like, I'm not interested, next. So maybe someone like Angie Kay would hop on the bus, and then Mary Cosby would be like, next, not interested. You know, she <laughs> I would love to see it, but I love seeing her on that Sprinter van. And we are going to talk about this week's episode. Last week, Salt Lake City was one of the all-time greats. I think we'll talk about it from years to come. And this was also an A-plus episode. And we're going to be covering The Real Houses of Orange County, which had a fantastic finale. Anytime at the end of the Orange County finale when they play that instrumental music, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. But uh, So we got a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. I love Salt Lake City. And again, uh, Missy is just a good thing to call somebody. Missy. I get it. Missy. Missy. I get the point. Missy. Middle girl. This is, is Missy. Missy. I really do need to be stopped. You know that Missy Elliott song where she sings, Is your feminine wet yet? I just replaced it with Meredith Marks slurring, uh, Husband rumors? The husband? Fuck off! <laughs> so you could barely understand what she says. I love it. Speaking of Meredith Marks, we open this week's episode. It's day two. I get the chills that we're only on day two, and it feels like we've been at this drag queen motel for a hundred years, and it's only day two. They are getting a lot of content out of this Palm Springs trip, and I am so happy, but it's day two in the morning time. Meredith's texting all the gals, wear the shirts I made at the pool. They're all going to meet there, but meanwhile, Meredith's eating them. Caviar. Is she doing a line? Does she have a line of caviar, or did she say it was the daughter's caviar? Somehow, Meredith Marks is she's doing merchandise with caviar, and it's so funny to me because... 
Yet she's over here on Salt Lake City selling caviar. Caviar is like an upscale snack. And then meanwhile, over on the Real House of Orange County, we got Shannon Storms Bedore. She's selling a colonoscopy kit. And honestly, we're going to have to talk about that for 45 minutes when we get to the episode, but she did make another cast member do a colonoscopy on camera, which is shocking to me that anyone would agree to do a colonoscopy on camera when they're not Katie Kirk on the Today Show. The fact that Jen, a new housewife, just went in Tamara's house which had happened at Tamara's house, a tale for another time. But I do want to say that those should have been red flags for us when it comes to Shannon Storm's Bedore because she has been selling the weirdest fucking merch since she joined that show. Remember she had the cream cheese filled salmon. Then she had some sort of lemon. Remember it was on the show very briefly. It was like shots of lemon water or something. And now she's doing the colonoscopy kit. This should have been red flags. This is a, quite a trifecta of merch. I mean, what? I guess it sort of makes sense. You need the lemon shots and the colonoscopy kit just to clear out the cream cheese salmon. I get that. Got to clear the pipes. And I could only imagine what Shannon's pipes look like because she's filling them with the cream cheese salmon. She's got the lemon shots and then even her taglines about tequila. I mean, she needs some colonoscopy kits, but it's just so funny because it's like, here's Meredith Marks. And imagine, you know, BravoCon's coming up and it's just that bizarre. At BravoCon, they do something called the Bazaar, where I think like people, Bravo celebrities can pay, I think, I don't, let's say $10,000, whatever it is, the fee to have one of those tables set up at the BravoCon Bazaar so people can come and buy their merch. And usually you do want the housewife or whoever it is selling the thing. They have like lover boy drinks there. They have whatever the merch is that they're selling. And usually at BravoCon, you want to go there and you want to get your stuff signed by the Bravo Liberty or whatever. And I'm just imagining at this year's BravoCon, like Shannon Storms of Door just signing colonoscopy kits. Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so fucking crazy. And then Meredith Marks with the caviar. Is she? I think she's selling caviar. I don't think I'm making that up, but she's selling caviar. And then meanwhile, we got a scene of Meredith Marks eating caviar in the morning, and then it just cuts to Heather Gay and the shitter. And it's like, what is going on? Heather Gay is... The camera is just showing Heather Gay, because remember she had all them espresso martinis last week on the episode? Well, now she's in the bathroom. She's puking it up. And they just show the outside of the door. And I hate to nitpick with production, because you know I love those people. They deserve the Emmys, all the Emmys. But if I was one of the cast members and I went into a bathroom to hurl or to take a deuce, I certainly wouldn't want the camera pointed right directly at the camera at the bathroom door while I'm doing my business because there's no one. It's happening too much. We hear Salt Lake City and then over in Orange County, we're seeing Jen do the colonoscopy on camera. She had the door open, no less. Uh, but I would just think that the, my one space, safe space as a cast member on one of these shows would be the shitter. And you can't even do that now because they're filming every fucking door every time somebody goes into the bathroom. And I love them for it as an audience member, but I'm just saying as a cast member, I certainly, if Heather Gay, if I was Heather Gay and I woke up hungover as fuck and you go into the bathroom to hurl out your night before and now she's got the camera crew on her on the door. Uh uh-uh, uh, no ma'am, would not be okay with it. Anyway, uh, Meredith does invite everyone over to the empty drag queen pool and says, please arrive in your t-shirts. Now, Angie Kay was uninvited to this trip, so she decided to puffy paint her own t-shirt like she's at a rival summer camp in a 90s film. So she sits down with one of the gays that works at this Trixie Motel. And this gay that worked, I mean, he's a star. Give him a snowflake because he's sitting down with the Angie Kay. The only one that'll film with the Angie Kay is someone that's employed by the Trixie Motel. And he sits down and Angie Kay's doing her, making her own t-shirt because uh, Meredith didn't bring one for her because she arrived unannounced and uninvited. And so this gay is making the shirt with her and the gay says to her, that's so sad. You're making your own shirt. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it. 
I love it. It made me laugh so hard. Meanwhile, Lisa and Whitney are pretending to still be friends uh, this morning. They are drinking coffee. I, Whitney Wildrose has some pizza. And they're talking about Meredith Marks bringing up this three-year-old. And somebody, Meredith Marks is like a kid in her life. Remember last week on the show, she's like, Do, I've been going through a lot. Don't bring up the kid in my life. And the children... And and nobody, even Mary Cosby, was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no one understood. And I still don't quite understand. I think maybe Meredith has explained it in some sort of outside interview from the show, but I can't be bothered to listen to that. So I don't really know exactly what she's talking about when it comes to this young child in her life. But apparently she's dealing with it. But here's the thing. Whitney was just saying last week's episode, and she's saying again this week, like, it's not about the child, which uh, we don't really understand, but she's saying every time we confront Meredith about anything, about something she said or did or whatever, Meredith gets out of it by saying, like, I'm going through a lot and I'm going through this, this and this. And so it's her way of deflecting from whatever situation the other gals are trying to bring to her. And so I understood Whitney Wildrose's thing. And later in the episode, Meredith loses it. She's like, he's a child. He's a child. How dare you? How dare She keeps like shouting at it. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't think anyone's saying anything about the child. I think they're just saying you're trying to deflect. I don't know. Um, but I don't know who this person is. Meanwhile, Meredith's in her own uh, motel room, and she's with Monica. Meredith thanks Monica for having her back with Angie K. Angie K is really so embarrassing, but that's a tale for another time. The point is, they this morning, Monica decides she is going to kiss Meredith's ass, which is very smart housewifery, because she's realizing that Angie K is a flop. Monica is. She's seeing it in real time. She's seeing Angie K film. She's like, oh yeah, she's definitely a flop. Like, I need to buddy up to somebody else. I need to go get away from the flop. But there is something interesting that's happening with me when it comes to Angie K flopping. And that is her floppage is like so, she's flopping so hard that I'm enjoying it. I'm entertained by it because it's like so, you know how you got kind of go pat when you're so mad at something and then you start to laugh because it's like you're so mad, right? That's how I feel with Angie K. Like she's flopping just so aggressively hard on this show that I am enjoying it. But Monica's turning and that's smart. It's star- smart. So when all the gals come outside of this pool, the weather starts to turn ominous. The wet, you know, it's like, it's like the clouds coming in, the music chains, ch- changes, and it's like we're in the movie Twister, and then all of a sudden Mary walks out and they got different music. It's like Mary's the tornado, and she is, we're seeing her for the first time. This episode's all ominous. This is cinema. I just want everyone to know, like, we're getting shots of an empty pink drag queen motel pool. Nobody else is at this resort, so we just have these gals, and then they're dressing up in drag for each other. Uh, and we're getting this over ominous shots of the empty pool and the clouds coming in. And I mean, this is cinema. David Fincher wishes because this is some very, uh, this is some stuff that you can't teach in film school. This is just perfection. Meanwhile, they're wearing these shirts that say no tricks, all trust. And then Angie's got to wear hers that says all tricks, no trust, but she's not in the scene yet. So, so far they're all meeting outside of this drag queens empty pool. And then uh, the producers sent in Angie K later because she wasn't invited to this party and they wanted her to make this entrance with the new t-shirt and it's still hitting with a thud. And that's why I feel like everything with Angie K, it just hits with the thud. She tries to do something in the confessional too. She said, she said, I could have, uh, in regards to her puffy painting her own t-shirt for the camera. She also says, I could have called a hit out on her family or I could make this shirt. 
So she says in regards to Meredith, like, you're lucky that I made this shirt instead of just calling a hit out on your family. And I was like, what the fuck is she saying? Like, she's literally saying that she's going to call mobsters to Meredith because Meredith didn't bring an extra shirt. Now, this is a lesson for us all. When you go somewhere, always bring an extra because you don't know who's going to show up unannounced and uninvited. So you might need to have an extra shirt for somebody. However, uh, the fact that Angie is saying like, oh, Meredith didn't have a shirt for me. Like, I'm going to call a hit out on her. I was like, what the fuck, Angie K? It's so fucking weird. <laughs> so, so embarrassing. Um, anyway, then um, they do all go on the puke-filled sprinter van. This is oh, before they dress in drag. So they're not in drag yet. They're just in these t-shirts. But they go in the puke-filled sprinter van. And this is where Mary... Now, Heather Gay did say that they have a new sprinter van. But I don't believe it. I don't buy it, what she's selling. I think they had the same sprinter van from the night before. And I think somebody had to clean it up. But I don't imagine that they were just renting another thing. And I do want this company to get more uh, sales or something, the sprinter van company, because they are doing the Lord's work for us. And they had a housewife puke in their sprinter van. And somebody had to clean that up. I don't know if it was production of the sprinter van company. But somebody deserves some funds. And so I just, I hope that, I don't know, can we tip them? I'm not sure, but I, the Sprinter Van Company needs some extra funny money because I'm so grateful for all they're doing. And they get on this thing. And this is where Mary's like, I have to sit this one out. They're going to trust fall exercise. She says, I'm a hard no. She says, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a soccer mom and it's raining. Not interested in doing. She also says she's got a relationship with God. She doesn't need friends. And I'm going to take this with me in the rest of my life. Anytime I meet someone that I'm not really interested in continuing a relationship with, I'm going to say, I have God like Mary Cosby. She said, I'm not ready to take this step with this group. And I'm just, I'm loving her. I just, and it doesn't make any fucking sense why she's on this show. I don't get it. She's not really moving merch either. She don't have no, maybe we need to get her something. I mean, even Whitney Wild Rose is selling shirts that say little girl on it. It's like Mary Cosby should be selling them little girl shirts. Little girl. And so what is Mary Cosby even on this show for? She hates doing it. She's not promoting nothing. I guess she's sort of promoting the church, but I don't know. I'm not watching the show and thinking like, I need to belong to Mary Cosby's shirt. Or church, if you know what I'm saying. Is anyone watching it and thinking, I need to sign up for that congregation? Because as it stands, it seems like Mary's like a little mean. Now, I love watching her, but she's like a little mean. Like, I'm not sure that I think, oh, that's God's way. Like, Mary Cosby. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So, are people signing up for the congregation after watching Mary Cosby on the show? I don't know. But maybe we need to get her some other sort of product to move, some other merch. Because I want Mary to succeed, too. And I don't even know what she's doing on this show. But all the other gals, they go to this trust event and they decide to treat each other with kindness and not fight. And they're holding on to the person who's running this trust fall exercise is making them hold this traffic like dildo. And I don't really understand where that came in, but they're holding something. Um, they're holding something. Meanwhile, Mary's over in uh, the van ordering her oat milk latte with double shot. And so fantastic. So fantastic. And she's looking at the signs around her. She, at one point, she talks to herself. She says, why does that sign say humps? It used to say bumps. What's that about? And she's just doing her own little one-woman show in the Sprinter van, and I am loving it. Just keep the camera on her. And I feel bad the crew's got to split up because, you know, most of the crew probably wanted to be at that trustful exercise. And then somebody's got to stay in the van with Mary. Just go to Mary. Just go to McDonald's. <laughs> oh, staying in that van. I love it. I love it. Um, let's see. They do an obstacle course. They're all getting along. Heather and Angie are getting along. And I think they're, I think Heather and Angie were only getting along this episode because Heather was still drunk from the night before. Certainly. Certainly. Um, then they go back on the sprinter van after this thing. And this one, Mary, she fights with Lisa. There's so many layers to this. So many layers. Uh, to Mary fighting with Lisa. And then that's when she says, I get the point, Missy. Okay, I get the point, Missy. To Whitney Wild Rose. And Mary is probably ready to allegedly murder Whitney on this van. I mean, I don't think 
Mary wants to be around this woman, not even for one minute, not for one fucking minute. Um, but then at lunch, so after the first Sprinter van of the episode, at, they get to lunch, and Whitney decides to take over this girl's trip. And Meredith's about to kill her, speaking of. Everybody wants to murder Whitney on this uh, girl's trip because Whitney decides she's going to take over the girl's trip. She says, you all got to take on uh, off your makeup and do drag queen makeup. And Lisa is freaking out. She's like, I flew glam in. She said, I spend $60,000 a year on glam. Now, I don't want to say outright that Lisa losing her $60,000 ring was an insurance scam so that she'd get the $60,000 to pay for her year of glam, but I am implying it because I didn't understand how the two prices were so eerily similar. She just lost a ring on this girl's trip for $60,000. Now she's letting us know that the glam costs $60,000. Something's not adding up. I'm no mathematician, but the math ain't mathin'. And so I do believe that there could have been some sort of, I don't know. I'm no expert. Again, I don't want to say it outright, but there might have been some insurance fraud. I don't know. I'm not saying it, but somebody's saying it on the microphone, and it might be me. Uh, But uh, something's going on there, $60,000 a year. And then, uh, so they're telling Lisa, you got to take up the glam. You can't have your person. You got to have one of our, uh, you do it yourself, the makeup. And Lisa confronts the producers on camera. And I feel bad for the producers got to deal with the talent like this. But Lisa says, I spent 2500 uh, for flight for Morgan, my makeup artist. She's crying. Lisa's crying. It's crazy. It's, but I also understand, I actually kind of on Lisa's side with this because um, she does not want to put on the drag queen makeup. Not that she had to do a lot, because half the gals didn't even do anything. Meredith just did a faint cat eye. I mean, <laughs> Meredith Marks, this is her fucking girl's trip. And she showed up to the drag queen makeup competition. She just had a very faint cat eye. And I was like, is, that's what it's called, right? A cat eye? I mean, it was like a very minimal amount of rouge on Meredith Marks. And she's like, I'm here I am. And I was like, poor Heather Gay, Whitney Wild Rose, and Monica all dressed up like Dolly Parton. And then that other one, Angie Kay, she put on a neon wig that was so aggressive in my eye, I thought I was going to have a seizure. Um, so then Meredith Marks, though, just shows up in a, a very faint cat eye. And um, that was at the bare minimum of what Lisa could have done instead of throwing this big hissy fit. And she's like crying. She's like, "This, uh, I'm a grown up that's bothering me. And she's crying. It's like she's saying she's a grown up, but then she's crying about doing drag queen makeup. And it's the craziest fucking show ever. The fact they're in an empty drag queen motel. Just <laughs> big. Every time I see the shots of the pool, it's just completely empty. Nobody at the drag queen motel except for these gals. And then they're dressing up and doing a whole fucking... Uh, um, a whole drag queen competition. Oh, I loved it. And they just keep showing the empty shots of the pool as Lisa's crying about the makeup. I mean, and then Trixie goes around to the other gals and Trixie's like visiting them. And when Trixie was visiting Mary in the hotel room, Mary's like so confused, like who the fuck is X? Mary still don't understand what a Trixie is. Don't know who Angie Kay is, doesn't know who Trixie is. Mary's trying to figure out her surroundings. And when Trixie went over to Mary's hotel room, I just was cracking up. Um, then they do this competition, so they all were supposed to dress in drag queen makeup. And Whitney comes out, and she's her drag queen name is Little Girl. Little Girl. Then Monica is Jersey Mariah. Angie's <laughs> Angie's drag queen name is Anita Invite, which I loved. Heather Gay is Dolly's Pride. And then this is where Meredith just does the light pink cat eye. And Elisa does her own makeup. Or she can't do her own makeup. She has her makeup artist do it. Mary looks like completely like herself. And then Trixie's got to decide like who did the best drag queen makeup. Now, I don't know about you all, but I really wanted Trixie to choose Mary Cosby. I thought it would have been so fucking funny if Trixie was like, Mary, you won. But Instead, Trixie chose Monica. And I'm proud of Monica. 
However, I do have to point out that Monica was crying about it as if she was in Miss USA and just won the crown. And I was like, we are in uh, the empty pool grounds of a drag queen's motel. And she was crying about the crown that she didn't even get to wear for the rest of the night because Trixie was like, I'm taking the crown back because nobody else was even at this competition. And I don't know, Monica said she gave a speech as if she just won this big prize. And she says, I've been going through a lot. And she's crying. She's like, this really meant a lot to me. And I was like, there wasn't even really any competition because half the group didn't even put any makeup on. I mean, Meredith just had a very faint cat eye. So it wasn't like you had a ton of competition, Monica. And she was through tears saying this meant so much to me. (laughs) And I was like, look around, Monica. You're at an empty pink drag queens motel pool. And you won against five other people who dressed up and and three who didn't. Like, what? it wasn't uh, the St. Miss USA. And she was, they didn't even give her a crown. I feel bad for her. Anyway, um, Mary says that everyone's been quiet to her the whole trip. And so then somebody, I think Lisa was like, oh, well, Mary, come over and talk to me. Like, okay, I feel bad about that. And Mary's just like, shut up. <laughs> Mary doesn't even want to talk to anybody. So Mary's like mad that nobody's friends with her, but then also Mary doesn't want to be friends with anyone. And it's so funny. It's so contradictory. And nobody can get close to Mary. The only person that Mary even allows to talk to her on camera is Meredith. And even that is pretty much just her. I think Mary actually might think Meredith's a producer on this show. Because later in the episode, they stopped at that one gay bar. And Mary's like, should I get out, Meredith? And she's asking her, like, is it okay? Like, I think Mary thinks that Meredith's a producer on this show. I don't know that she knows it's a castmate. I'm not sure who Mary thinks she's doing a show with. But I'm certainly not Meredith. Because I think she's like, tell me if I should go in. And then Meredith's like, yeah, Mary, you should come and film this event. And Mary's like, no, I'm not doing it. She's like, I decide I'm not. And then, <laughs> and they're all talking about Lisa having this look, this look. And I was like, what is this look that Lisa's so attached to? However, I understand Lisa was saying in this episode, she's like, last week on the show, Mary, Meredith made me put on that fucking outfit with the beads and the weird top. And I went to a five-star restaurant like that. And I am also someone, I know this isn't a popular thing. I'm not someone who likes to do the costume parties. I know, especially for something like this. I was also thinking the group went to that gay bar for 45 minutes and then they dressed up in that uh, motel pool area, but nobody was there to see it. So it was like, Imagine dressing up in all that stuff, and then nobody's even seeing it. They were out in public for 45 minutes, and then nobody's at the pool. So it was like, I understood Lisa not wanting to do it. She didn't want to, she wasn't interested. And it does ruin the vibe when somebody doesn't dress up in a costume that's supposed to be. But uh, I, I was on her side with it. I get it. I get it. Um, then, they're, meanwhile, they leave uh, in the Sprinter van in their drag. Now, this is where Lisa's like, look, I'm dr- I am dressed up. I'm head-to-toe couture and eyeshadow. This is drag for me. And they're all looking at her like there's no drag there. But it is so funny. As this is all happening, Heather Gay is just sitting there in that fucking big-ass Dolly Parton wig. And, then, <laughs> and Whitney Wilde Rose just that big drag queen makeup. I mean, it's so fucking funny. So funny. But then they're arguing in the car ride to this gay place because Lisa's um, pissed about everyone getting mad at her for not dressing up. But she's like, I dressed up the most at the other dinner. And then Monica's crying at Lisa because Monica's saying, Lisa, you're so privileged. Now, Monica did lose me a little bit because she was trying to make this whole argument about being a one percenter. Now, I'm not saying that Monica was wrong about calling Lisa one percenter, but also that's what we're looking for in Housewives. Like, I want someone who's out of touch, who needs their $60,000 glam. Now, I think it's good to have a balance, someone like Monica on the show, and I'm loving Monica, loving her. But 
I don't, she lost me a little bit starting this fight. I did appreciate though that she was starting fights on the sprinter van because that's giving season two, season three, season four housewife and Monica's a newbie. And yet here she was yelling at everybody on this thing. She was calling Lisa a piece of shit. She was telling Angie lives up Lisa's ass, calling Angie names and it's complete chaos as they're in drag. And I was proud of Monica for that. I was proud of her for that. Then they all get to this, um, this bar, which Mary decides not to go into. She's going to the McDonald's instead to get the fish fillet. And uh, as they get in, Lisa orders her Diet Coke. And this is when Lisa approaches Monica. And she's mad at Monica. She's like, you're saying I don't relate to middle America. And what she's saying is like, branding, this is going to fuck me up, Monica. Like, that, <laughs> She's like, you saying that on the Sprinter van is going to fuck up my brand. Because she's like, why are you saying that I don't relate to middle America? And it's just the funniest fight. But meanwhile, Angie Kay's running around with that neon wig. Again, just very aggressive, that neon wig. I'm sorry. Every time Angie's on screen, it's very flopping. But particularly that wig, I don't know what if they need to turn the contrast down or something on the TV screen. But there was something going on where every time Angie was on screen with that neon wig, it was hurting my eyes. It was a lot. It was a lot to take in. And she was just trying to pick fights with everybody across the bar. She was... Uh, yelling at Meredith and trying to have it. And Meredith and Whitney are fighting because um, Whitney says, um, this, Whitney says, why didn't you dress up in the makeup? And Meredith's like, I did the best I could. She said, I've had a shooting headache for two days. I was not about to put a 30 pound wig on my head. And Whitney's like, well, I did it for the group and this was for Trixie. I mean, this whole fight is crazy. I was trying to transcribe it. <laughs> They're just fighting about it, doing drag queen makeup for their cast trip. And then Meredith's like, well, I did the best that I could. <laughs> And then Whitney brings up the kid situation. And this one, Meredith just fucking loses it. She's like, you are disgusting. There's a sick child. Don't you dare. You're weaponizing a sick child. How dare you? How dare you? Meanwhile, Mary's eating her fish filet on the on her Six Peaks Nugget on the Sprinter van. But Meredith is just looking for an end. Now, I don't think Whitney was saying, again, anything about the kid. I don't think they had anything to do with the situation with the kid. She's just saying, you're deflecting. And then Meredith saw, saw an opening as a housewife. She's like, oh, this is a good way for me to get mad at Whitney now. So she said, how dare you bring up a child? How dare you? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And then Meredith calls Angie a pit bull. And then Angie is realizing like, oh, this is her in. So now she's trying to pick a fight with Meredith, but Meredith's not interested. She calls her vile and disgusting. She's like, I'm not talking to you. But then uh, as she's ignoring Angie Kay, who's got the very aggressive wig that's making me possibly seize, she then confronts Meredith and Meredith's ignoring her. And then Angie Kay says, you look like a trampoline with eyes. I don't know what the fuck that meant. Do you guys know what the fuck that meant? I don't know. This is when I could use a producer on the show because I was watching it. And at first I was like, yeah, get her. And then I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't even understand it. Trampoline with eyes. Is she saying people jump all over her or she's elastic? Meredith does sort of resemble the elastic girl from the Incredibles movies, but that's not the point. The point is, I don't understand how that's an insult. Is that just Angie K flopping or am I just missing? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's like a term that I just don't know about it. But yeah, this is where I could use a producer to tell me, Danny, that's what this means. I'm a one-man band here on this podcast, just me in this room. So I sometimes need someone. I'm, I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. And I know you guys get mad when I get something wrong or say something wrong. But as it stands, I'm a big dummy. And I don't understand what you look like a trampoline with eyes means. I don't get it. <sighs> anyway, then they start fighting about Jen Shaw. And Monica's like, don't put your claws in my face like Jen Shaw. And then they're saying, you assisted her. You helped her with favors. And you were uh, doing all this shit for Jen Shaw. And then Monica says she never even got paid for Jen. Now, how was Jen able to get people to do all this fucking work for her? I know that she is obviously someone who went to prison. So she's very manipulative with the system and with her friends and people around her. Because otherwise, she wouldn't be in prison. 
but I still don't quite understand like exactly how she was able to get all these people wrapped around her finger. The only person that she wasn't able to get wrapped around her finger was Mary Cosby, who decided to take the year off the year that Jen Shah went to prison. And so I don't know. I don't really understand, though, how Jen Shah... The episode ends, though. I don't even know how long they were in Palm Springs, but it ended with them yelling about Jen Shah and who paid who and whatever. I don't know. I love it, though. I love this show. Just fucking craziness. Meanwhile, Jen Shah's probably watching from the clink. And just seeing her name be brought up again and again and again. Because they can't do this show, apparently, without bringing up Jen Shah's name. I love it, though. I love these women. Okay, let's take our break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Real Houses of Orange County. So much to discuss in a supersized uh, circus-themed episode of uh, The Real Houses of Orange County. So let's take a break here. I'm going to leave you guys with this remix one more time of uh, Missy Elliott <laughs> and Meredith Marks and Mary Cosby. Please enjoy, and we'll be right back. Little girl. This is Missy Elliott. Come on, is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's with husband. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, uh, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back. She said you were talking shit about us. She said that, you said that, like, I'm not really an attorney. I'm just some low party planner. I did not say that. 
And I will. Oh. Uh, are you f- kidding me? I don't want to do this with you. I'm not. Oh, why aren't you? Because the truth is the truth. No, Tamara, you have your own version of the truth, and I'm not interested in it. Honestly. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you f- kidding me? Uh, I love this episode of The Real Houses of Orange County. And it really, when you take a step back and look at it from an aerial view, it's really these two top dog women competing over who's in charge of this show, Heather Champs Dubrow or Tamara Barney Judge. And it's just a beautiful thing to witness. They are just competing for a top dog on this show. I'm loving it. I think this has been a return to form season. I hope the same cast comes back. I'm loving it. But one thing that I do want to point out, and I hate to throw the producers under the bus again, but I think that maybe somebody should have workshopped another tagline for Shannon Storm's door. Because I really noticed it this week, her tagline was I take shots in the OC and it's always tequila. And here's the thing. Everybody's been a legend on this show for a hundred years now that Shannon Storms Fedora's drinks too much and has all these problems. And so I just would like to encourage everyone out there, if you're a housewife and you're listening to this show and they try to ask you to record a tagline about alcohol, don't do it. Because it will bite you in the ass at some point. It'll bite you in the ass like it's biting Shan Storm's fedora in the ass right now after she ran into the house and she was driving around with the dog after some cocktails. And so do not record a tagline that's going to be about drinking because whether you're not, you have a drinking problem. It will be something that bites you in the ass in the future. So you just say no. I mean, I heard saying I take shots in the OC, and again, I'm worried about her pipes because she's just having tequila, salmon, cream cheese, lemon shots, and all that stuff. And she's got to clean them pipes out with a colonoscopy kit because there's a lot of stuff going on in there. And I would like to get a whole new team of doctors, by the way, too, because we saw this episode. She met with that one guy who made her take out the blouse off a couple seasons ago. Remember that man? I think his name is Tim, Tom, or something. probably Tom, because all the demons on this network are named Tom. But I do believe that that man's a nightmare. And then I already was going tough on Dr. Moon last week on the podcast, because you know I do not care for Dr. Moon either. I think he's trying to make a quick buck with them colonoscopy kits, and he's always got some bad advice for Shan Sornsvador. And so she needs a whole new medical team. I'm not saying she needs to hire a professional therapist, but I am implying it because there's no reason that she should be hobnobbing around Orange County with these men. I mean, this whole episode opens with Shannon showing that man. It's his name, Tim, Tom, uh, the evil doctor. She's showing the bruise that she got on the girl's trip. His teeth are glowing in the dark because he's got the new chompers. And a lot of you did alert me. I don't know if anyone's watching Dancing with the Stars just premiered this week. Maurice from The Real House of Beverly Hills. Now, when the episode was airing, I got a few DMs. People were saying, hey, I need you to get eyes and ears on Maurice. He has new teeth. Because he got a new set of chompers over there on ABC, I believe. I don't know for sure, but it did look like he got some new chompers over there. And so a lot of people are getting them chiclets teeth. And uh, speaking of also Bravo, Ariana did a fantastic. She was like the last one out. I think she did fantastic. I saw a little clip of her dancing. It's so good. So um, anyway, all of the the people are um, over there on the Dancing with the Stars. They're getting all the Bravo celebrities now. I am worried one day that they are going to hire Terry Dubrow. I know that's... It has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about, I suppose, this week. But I, I am fearing for the day that they announce that Terry Dubrow will be Dancing with the Stars because I know it'll happen and I'm worried about it. I'm just pre-worried about it. May we all find peace before that happens because it's going to be a dark day for all of us. Dark day. Um, anyway, oh, so Shannon's uh, doctor, this guy's got the chiclets in the mouth and the fake tan going. And I was just like, this man, I do not trust him. But Shannon needs to hire a new set of people because his, these people are not working for her. Um, meanwhile, it's revealed that Gina Casita is uh, throwing a circus theme event. I believe that production paid for it because this is like one of the only events that Gina has thrown on the show. And it's a finale event. I just don't, I don't imagine that Gina actually did anything for this, but uh, other than shop at a spirit Halloween store for a costume. And I have a lot to say about that. And number one on that list is uh, there was a scene where 
Um, the gals, it was like Tamra, Jen, Jen was wearing like a animal print top, and then Casita were in what some sort of Halloween costume shop. Because Gina says, my friends are absolutely a bunch of clowns, so I'm inviting them all to a circus. So then they all got to go get these costumes. Now, when they were at this costume shop, I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but Casita was wearing the trench coat and Jen in the animal print, and they looked right at home amongst the spirit Halloween costumes. And so I just want to encourage Casita, as she's listening to this podcast, or if any of the branding people are listening, I actually think that's a brand partnership made in heaven. I'm not sure if we it should be some sort of social media thing, or maybe just Casita actually working at a spirit Halloween shop, but it felt right to me. It felt right. And I say this as someone who loves a spirit Halloween shop, I used to want one of those jobs in high school, but I, I felt like the perfect, if I were to go in a spirit Halloween shop and I saw Casita work in the reg, I'd say this is where I'm meant to be because I know that Casita, uh, I feel like she would do a really good job there. Does that make sense? Like it just spiritually feels right for her to be in a spirit Halloween shop. That's where I'm standing on that. So I'm not sure if it's a brand real st- uh, brand partnership or forgetting the real estate license and just getting a, a job at the reg. But it felt when I saw her, Casita and Jen too, by the way, Jen in that leopard print in front of all of them bags of costumes. It just felt like, oh yeah, that's that feels right. You know, and I know we complain about Casita. Later in the episode when they showed the title cards, you know, they give us an update on the gals. And Casita's was something about how um what was Casita's? It was like she got a real estate license and she got a dog. And I was like, that is an update that belongs on the TLC network because Gina Casita, I, I just don't know that she exactly belongs on Bravo. Although I am loving this cast. I really do think it's the perfect Orange County cast. And I, don't, I hope they don't change a thing. However, I do hope that Casita gets a job at a Spirit Halloween shop because it feels right. Okay, then uh, speaking of brand partnerships, Tamra is also partnering with something called Amer Magazine, who chose Tamra as one of the Women of the Year. Now, I had a lot of questions about this from the jump because I wasn't even exactly sure when they filmed this. She hadn't even returned yet. So she was filming the new season, but the new season hadn't aired yet. So at first I was like, what did they choose her to be one of the women of the year for? Is it because of two teas in a pod or what's that podcast they have called? I know it's very successful, the one she does with All in Mellencamp. I was like, that must be why they're choosing. But then she said it was like the Vena, Vena, um, CBD thing. Uh, and ultimately, I was so proud of Tamara because she said in the confessional, she said her dad had a repair shop. She always wanted a business. And she had a vulnerable moment, which I thought was interesting, where she said she raised the kid at 18. And then when she started Cut Fitness, she thought it would make her rich. And then it didn't. Uh, but now Vina's doing well. So she's a business gal. So I was proud of her. She wants to do sex toys next, though. And I, I would like, actually, maybe Susie Orman to get a role on the show because I think they could all use the business advice between – uh, the colonoscopy kit, whatever Casita's doing. I, I just think we need someone, a branding expert there, who can help these women navigate. Because some of these businesses that are coming out of the housewives now, it's just, we need uh, Susie Orman there to just help them all get a grasp on their finances. Maybe she could help. Also, what's her name? The new one, Jen. She is needing $5,000. If she had Susie Orman there to help her save $5,000, because Jen reveals in that scene where she's with Ryan and the kids, and she made him the spaghetti casserole. Which she reads, she's very Midwest coded, right? She's She reads very Midwest to me. I don't know. I guess she's from Oklahoma. She's from Oklahoma. But I, she, Jen just has this sort of like, when she made the spaghetti casserole, I was like, wait a minute, Ohio? Like she felt very Midwest to me. And I mean that in the best way. However, I didn't love in this scene with Jen and Ryan, I didn't love, they were both in black and white outfits. 
And they were a little weird black and white outfits. Like it was like they were both dressed by Pacific Sunwear's 101 Dalmatian collection. And what I mean by that is a couple of years ago, there was a movie by Emma Stone uh, that came out called Cruella DeVille. Remember that movie? There's also been 101 Dalmatian movies. There's one with um, Glenn Close, those ones, and a lot of them. But I do believe that the last time the Cruella movie came out, I think some of the stores, I'm not sure Pacific Sunwear did this, but I think some of the stores ended up doing these like capsule collections where it was like, Dalmatian collection. And I believe that's where Jen and Ryan got their outfits for the scene because she had on like a, a black and white heart shirt. And then he had on something that was like a little more skatery black and white. And I was like, I bet you they went into a pack sun. Uh, circa Emma Stone's movie coming out and they just picked everything off that rack and now she's revealing in this uh, scene that she don't have uh, 5k to pay for the lawyer or the legal bill we need Andy I, I somebody needs to send her wire her some 5k I think at the end of the episode it revealed that she did get the 5k but she should not have not 5k in her bank account I'm worried about it I'm worried about her and I would like us to maybe keep the people who don't have 5k in their bank account to maybe one per cast one per cast. And it seems like Orange County is, we're, we're pushing it here. We're pushing it here. Uh, so maybe we just need to make sure, you know, over on Salt Lake City, we got Monica, who she was crying about how she's not fitting in with the gals. And so I think it's good to have someone who's like more like the people, you know, someone who is like us and looks like they could work at a spirit Halloween shop. I just think that role is filled by Casita. And so now that we have another housewife who doesn't even have 5k in the bank account, I'm a little concerned. It's just it's something that we need to put on our radar. Just put it on our radar because these are housewives. And again, they're supposed to be a little bit wealthier than us, but it's good to have one or two of the people. We just definitely can't have another one of the people of who can't afford the 5K. I'm worried about it. Um, okay, so then we have the scene between Shannon and John. And okay, so they sit down at a restaurant and Shannon says, um, I'm about to say something pretty dark-sided, so pull over if you're driving. But Shannon says, uh, the summer corn soup sounds good. No, this just might be a dish that I'm not familiar with, but it did sound like something that Brittany and Jax would serve at a party of theirs because I had never eaten summer corn soup. And Shannon, everything she's putting in that system, now I'm finding out she's putting summer corn soup in her system with the salmon cream cheese and the tequila. And it's like, that's, I'm worried about the insides. Just a man, remember that movie? Remember that show Herman's Head in the 90s where there's just people in the head? They need to reboot that with Shannon Storm's door where it's just like her insides just yelling out, like, help me! <laughs> help! Like just her insides just shouting, please get us a glass of water! You know, like just screaming for her to treat them better because just the insides of that woman. I mean, what does she put? She needs to just have a, a some greens, a salad or something, because I'm worried. What she, she's putting a summer corn soup in there. Just imagine what's in that colon. She needs them kits. Just <laughs> Her colon's been screaming out loud, like, put some water in me. Like, just please, because everything she's putting in there, summer corn soup, maybe that's a delicacy, and I'm just not aware of it. But summer corn soup, what is that? Just a bunch of... Uh, corn and hot water? Like, what is happening? Summer corn soup. I'm just not familiar with it. I'm sorry. I like a soup, too. I'm a soup guy. I love a, a chili, a clam chowder, a chicken noodle, whatever it is. But a summer corn soup just does not appeal to me, especially knowing what else is in that system of hers. I'm just like, hey, get it out. Help! <laughs> Please don't order the summer corn soup. Like, she didn't order it, and I bet you that's because her insides were like, begging her, like just audibly begging her, like, please do not order that. Because then she ended up getting a salad or something. I'm like, thank God. Thank God. They were like, phew. 
<laughs> Thank God. The, all the, her insides, just uh, her colon and her spleen just looked at each other in that moment. And we're like, Thank God she didn't order the summer corn soup. Haven't we been through enough? Um, but she does make John try a bit of the food. And I hate when people try to force me to eat their, like, if somebody orders a plate, I will either ask for a bite or if they ask me the first time, I'll be like, yes. And I get really excited about it. I love sharing food. As long as I, like I'm not the one sharing the food, as long as somebody else is the one sharing it, I love it. However, there are times where somebody is like trying to get you to eat something. My grandma used to be like this. My mom's like this too, where it's like, have a bite. Dan, just have one bite. Try it. Just try one bite. And you're like saying, no, I don't want a bite. And like, just try one bite. And after the first time, I just have to tell everybody out there, stop, ask person one time if they want to try a bite. And then if they say no, then you don't force it. You just move on. You just move on. Anyway, Shana reveals that she's an empty nester now. And look, I get it. All the ladies of rock are leaving the house. They're going away to college. And so she is just losing a little bit. And she's got John, but her and John are kind of chaotic. And they're fighting all the time. She says they're having fights that paralyze her. So look, Shannon's been going through a lot. She's, like I said, hanging on by a thread. And I don't know that if my kids left the house, I wouldn't uh, have some cocktails and run into a house. Who knows? Who among us is to say? We don't know exactly how we'd react if we have kids leaving the empty nest. And uh, you might hop in the car with the dog and then run into somebody's house. It could happen. It could happen. But it certainly shouldn't happen with alcohol. And so I do want to say that it's not acceptable to happen. It just, uh, I would imagine losing empty nest, being an empty nester for the first time would be a lot. And that's why she needs someone who's not Dr. Moon. That's why she needs a new doctor, somebody to help her get through all this chaos. Because we want the best for Shannon. Uh, and I can only imagine what it'd be like. But also, you can't do that. I just have to reiterate, because you guys are going to say, I support people throwing their dog in a car after a few cocktails and then running into somebody's house. And I certainly do not support that. Um, I do not support that. Help us! <laughs> just imagine the inside of Archie's brain, too. You know, and um, look who's talking now when they had the talking dogs. It was like Diane Keaton played a talking dog. And I just imagine Diane Keaton's voice uh, in the car when Shannon was running him into a house. Just uh, Diane Keaton as Archie just being like, help, help. Anyway, then um, let's see. They have this scene. This is where Jen does a colonoscopy. And uh, before she does a colonoscopy on camera, which is crazy, she says she's backed up. She's backed up for a long time. There's nothing worse than being backed up. But she tells the gal she's backed up and she's mad at Heather DeBrow because Jen um, was told by Heather DeBrow that she's got cute feet. Now, they showed a clip of this footage, and we've seen a lot of things on the season, on the show earlier in the season. We saw Taylor Armstrong lick hips nip. Remember that? She licked hips nip. Say that five times fast. Licked hips nips. Licked hips nips. Anyway, she licked hips nips on camera. And yet, to me, that felt more natural than Heather Dubrow holding on to Jen's hooves and saying, your feet are so cute. Because there was something so diabolical about Heather Dubrow just grabbing onto Jen's hooves and looking at them lower grippers and just saying, you have the cutest feet. It was like so weird to me. Did it feel weird to anybody else? It just felt like awkward or something. I was like, put down her foot, Heather Dubrow. She was holding that weird. It was strange to me. Like, you got, your feet are so cute. <laughs> I just felt like Heather was like, yeah, 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 feet are like so cute. Like just kind of, I don't know. I felt like it was weird and kind of witchy, but maybe I'm just in the holiday spirit. Maybe I'm just in Halloween mode, you know, maybe that's it. Um, but they do make Jen go do the colonoscopy in, I believe Tamara's guest bathroom. Now imagine a guest bathroom, 
A guest bathroom. That's where you're supposed to have. I got fancy soaps in there. I got a hand lotion in my guest bathroom. It's our, uh, speaking of Halloween, it's all decorated for Halloween. I got some little ghost candles in there that I got from Home Goods. It is a classy place, the guest bathroom. So to let somebody else come into your house, not only on camera, but also just in general come to your house and do a colonoscopy, which I would imagine these are like the test colonoscopy kits. So I don't even think these are probably the finalized colonoscopy kits because as it stands, it looked like the contraption somehow connected to Tamara's toilet seat. And then you're supposed to sit on the thing and you got to sit on it and then it shoots something up in there as if it was like a, a low budget bidet. And then you do the clean out your colon. And Jen was doing it on camera with the door open in a guest bathroom. Now, who's going to, I would say, they're, I don't even, having someone over your house is already vulnerable enough, but then you're going to let them take a deuce in your guest bathroom with a colon kit? Mm-mm, no, ma'am. I would certainly not. I would say absolutely not. I don't want someone doing that in my bathroom because it's, again, probably like a test version. I don't think this is the finalized version of Dr. Moon's colonoscopy kit that she's going to be hawking at the BravoCon Bazaar. This is like something that uh, they're trying to work it out. And so I imagine there's some messiness that comes along with that. And she's not Katie Couric on the Today Show. So why is somebody doing a test colonoscopy on this program? It's weird. It's crazy and weird. And the fact that Jen thinks that Heather Dubrow touching her feet and calling them cute is too far, but then she's uh, putting Shannon's colonoscopy kit up her rear end uh, to do on camera. I mean, what is going? that's actually grosser to me than somebody touching my feet. Although, again, Heather did say it in a weird kind of creepy way. Oh, your feet are so cute. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> that's how she said it in my head. Uh, meanwhile, Heather Dubrow does meet with Gina Casita over at a place called The Wine Whisperer. And at this place, this restaurant... There was a server wearing a giant cowboy hat. And I didn't understand that maybe this person owned the joint, but how is it allowed? I mean, I worked at a Panera in high school, and I can't imagine showing up for my shift at Panera in a wide-brim baby blue cowboy hat. And so this woman had a shirt on that just said the name of the establishment, Wine Whisperer, but then she's wearing this wide-brim cowboy hat, and it was so distracting to me. And I thought, who's letting her on her shift like that? I mean, at some point, I'm in favor of these uh, work uniforms because... This woman on camera with that big-ass cowboy hat. But, I mean, God bless her, but it was crazy. Anyway, Dubrow entered the scene so confidently. Just walked in, and she had the receipts on camera, and she was ready to sit down with Casita. And it was so beautiful how Heather has turned around this takedown season and somehow found this inner confidence with the sale of her $55 million house. And she's not backing down from these women, and she's coming across great doing it. She is coming across fantastically. And this is how you do a takedown season. So you don't retreat. You just fucking show up on camera, and you serve that sort of like assholeness, and that's what she's just doing beautifully. And she is coming out of this season a star, I think. She's always been a star. I've always liked a bro on the show. Even when I hate her, I like for the show. But I feel like she's just having this confidence at the end of the season where everybody's trying to take her down. She's like, you ain't going to do it. So she shows up in this scene with Casita, and uh, she tells him, she's like, actually, Tamara's the one who is calling you guys losers. And Casita's basically like, well, everyone calls us losers, so we get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, take a number. She's like, everybody calls us that. Meanwhile, these poor gals, the audience, for five years now, Hip and Casita have been on this show, the audience, the other cast, everyone's calling them losers, and yet they keep surviving through another season. Uh, but she, everybody is calling them that. And so I actually, I mean, I feel bad for the two of them, because we know ever since they've joined the show, people are like, why are Hip and Casita still on this show? And yet they still keep outwitting, outlasting, outplaying, like they're on fucking Survivor, and lasting through another season. And here they go again. 
Here they go again. Um, but Heather says that Tamara's trying to tear apart all her relationships, which is why Tamara's also a great housewife. That's why Tamara's probably not a real good friend in life. But for the show, she's great because she's just tearing all Heather's relationships apart for no real reason. Because I don't really think Heather did much to Tamara. But Tamara just decided to come in. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to make her life hell. And then she did it. And so that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Um, meanwhile, at the circus uh, that Gina is pretending to host, uh, Hip shows up dressed as popcorn. Taylor arrives as drunk cotton candy. Because, you know, Taylor, she's trying to extend her her uh, fame a little bit because on her first run of The Real House of Beverly Hills, she ate cotton candy on camera. So now she's referencing the cotton candy and she's getting real drunk at this party, real drunk. Even at one point too, she she deep-throated some ice cream because remember back on the Beverly Hills Housewives when she ate that cotton candy, that was like a clip that played over and over again. Every time Taylor Armstrong was on Watch What Happens Live or or even on The Real House of Beverly Hills, they'd always show flashbacks of that footage of Taylor Armstrong eating cotton candy. So she knows, she knows she's trying to get another meme out of this show. So Taylor decides, uh, as Jen is getting some uh, ice cream from an ice cream bar, she just grabs at Jen's uh, cone of ice cream and she deep throats it on camera because she knows it's going to extend the shelf life about 10 more years. She's going to be seeing that footage. So she knows what she's doing. And she's getting drunk as a fucking skunk. She's just complaining about Heather, which we'll get to. Um, but it's so it's so good. Heather arrives as Cirque du Dubrow. Am I saying that right? Like an aerial act. They all have to wear these costumes. And Terry is security. What made me really laugh about Terry Dubrow was when he asked Ryan what his body fat percentage is. <laughs> I don't know why. It was like a very quick little moment, but it was cracking me up. Just He's like, what's your body fat percentage? And Ryan, that demon, because he's not wearing a blouse, he showed up just in an in a open vest or something. It was just showing off the... I don't trust that man. I don't trust, you know, I'm actually starting to not trust Jen as much because I always thought Jen was really sweet. But then in that earlier scene where they were dressed like the Paxana 101 Dalmatians, I felt like Jen might be bamboozling us. And it, but just a feeling, it was just like a little feeling in the back of my, and I, what do I know? What do I know? But I did have a little voice inside me like Herman saying like, I don't know if I trust her. I don't know if I trust Jen and I'm not sure what that is, but I'm starting to distrust her the way I don't trust that demon. Because that's the other thing too. I'm like, this guy, Ryan, is very obviously untrustworthy. And so what kind of person is Jen that she keeps excusing this man's behavior? Because even when they sat down, he's like, yeah, I only fucked that one person, which I think he's lying. But also he sent the dick pic to everyone at the gym in the area. Uh, Hip's mom fucked him once, I think. That's my opinion. I don't know that for sure, but Hip brought up the mother-in-law again. Did you hear that? Quick little moment, and it happened last week in the show too. Hip said something about the mother-in-law is seen as junk or knows him from the gym, and then this week Hip said something about the mother-in-law and Ryan too. And I was like, oh, they probably fucked too. I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm not saying it outright, but I'm implying it because it keeps coming up. And so now I think that Ryan fucked the mother-in-law. I don't know. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, anyway, I think it happened. Okay, so then um, let's see. Taylor finds a reason. Taylor's pissed at Heather because, okay, back on the cast girls trip, they, uh, nobody liked Heather Dubrow. And so Heather Dubrow was like looking for somebody to talk to. So she decided to talk to Taylor and Jen, even though she don't really like Taylor and Jen. I think she was just pretending to talk to them or to like them so that she could talk to somebody on camera. So she starts talking to them. And then, uh, one of the nights as she's talking to them, she's like, I got to go and get my soup. I got to go get my soup. Hopefully it wasn't summer corn chowder. But she said, I got to go to the other room and get my soup. I'll be right back. And then she never fucking comes back because she's not interested in talking to those people. She completely probably just forgot about them immediately when she left the room. But then Taylor and Jen were pissed about it. And Taylor knows as a seasoned housewife that now she's got to bring this up on camera and make a bigger deal out of, make a meal out of a snack. 
So she is also really drunk, too. She just keeps saying, I got a newsflash for Heather Dubrow. My friends are wealthy. My friends live in Beverly Hills, and they are richer than Heather. I don't know if they're really richer than Heather, because I feel like Heather Dubrow is really rich. $55 million house? I'm not sure that Taylor Armstrong's got a lot of people that are much richer than Heather and Terry Dubrow. At one point, she said, she's like, my friends are $5 million. Like, who is $5 million? And if you are friends with someone who's got $5 billion, she used to be. That's right. She used to be $5 billion. If Taylor's got any $5 billion friends, I'm going to need to mic them up and put them on camera. Bring them on this show because those are the kind of people we need here. I mean, we got a cast member who can't even afford the 5K for the legal bill. So we need to get them $5 billion people in here to help Jen out. Maybe we can send them over to Salt Lake City, help the other gals over there. If we got $5 billion friends, we need to see them at BravoCon. Because these are stars, $5 billion people. Those are the kind of delusional I want on this show. Um, anyway, they do. Um, so Taylor's making this whole thing, not really making much sense, but making the whole thing about her and about how she hates Heather and Heather's uh, pretentious. She then confronts Heather personally. She says, you said you went to get your chicken soup and you never came back. My stepdaughter was waiting for us in Tulum. Why didn't you text? And she did say something about the stepdaughter in Tulum, which I was like, what the fuck are you saying? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but she says, you should have texted your friends. When you laid your head on the pillow with your soup, you should have texted some friends. My friends have $5 billion, and they're not pretentious. And then as she, Taylor's just shouting all this stuff into the void, she's like, she thinks she's better than us. And Tamara is like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> like Taylor thought she said something brand new. Like she's pretentious. And it's like, yeah, that's what we've been saying for 100 years. Um, anyway, meanwhile, Heather and Hip make up. So Heather says that Tamara actually maligns Hip's career. And Hip is, uh, finds it to be a personal attack. She says she works hard not to be a loser. So she don't want nobody calling her a loser. But ultimately, she does say that Tamara uh, always has been mean to them. So they don't really care as much. Because even there was one time where Tamara called her Shrek or something. And so Hip is like, well, we just got to get over it. We got to get over it. Uh, Tamara then feels like Heather is now the one rallying the troops. So before Heather said that Tamara's rallying the troops against her, and now Heather is the one rallying the troops. And these two women are just competing to be in charge of the show. That's what it is. But Tamara said something about Heather being the worst villain of all behind the scenes. So I think she was saying, saying that about production. I want to know exactly how she treats production. I hope Heather treats production right, because that's important. That's important. Um, but then at the end of the episode, that's when Tamara confronts Heather. Are you fucking kidding me? Meanwhile, Taylor is mic'd up and doing a solo radio play in the crew bathroom. Did anyone catch this? It was like, we're watching uh, Heather and Tamara have this big fight over who the top dogs are in the show. And then we're getting more footage of behind the, ba- or, uh, behind the bathroom door. Like we're not seeing Tamara or Taylor in the bathroom. She's in the shitter with Jen, and they keep cutting between that and the fight between Heather and Tamara. So we're seeing Taylor Armstrong, and I think there was subtitling or just giving us the audio of Taylor saying, like, um, she said, Mama needs you to pull it up. And I think she was saying, like, her underwear. I think she was telling Jen, like, you need to pull my underwear up. And I was like, Taylor, you need to pull it together, because we should not just be seeing audio of you just saying, Mama needs you to pull it up. <laughs> in regards to your undies. Like, you should be able to pull up your underwear on your own. I'm not saying that we should completely stop these people from drinking booze, but maybe we uh, need to stop these women from drinking booze if they can't even put their undies up on, on screen. But also, it goes back to my original point where it's like production just filming the back of that door like as these women are in the pooper. I just wouldn't stand for it. If I was Taylor Armstrong, I'd be like, get that camera out of here and unmic me because if I'm in the bathroom, mama needs you to pull it up. <laughs> 
That was so funny. And also, there was also one moment where Taylor and Jen were talking to each other behind the bathroom door, and I felt like they were implying that the two of them had to piss on each other. I don't know. I don't know. That was the implication I took from the audio. It was like they were talking to each other, and I was like, did they just imply that the two of them pissed on each other? But then they would cut to Heather and Tamara, and I'm like, I'm just getting my bearings with this bathroom audio. And then I got to deal with Dubrow and uh, Tamara, and Dubrow's wearing that outfit, the whale trainer by way of Avatar. Like, what was that skin-tight suit she was wearing? I thought, what is this outfit? She was trying out to be on the new Avatar movie, and honestly, John James Cameron should call her up. Jane, get her on the line because she's an actor and she should be in the next uh, Avatar movie, those feature films. I can't even believe they're still making Avatar movies, but let's get Dubrow in one of them. Uh, Anyway, then uh, the OC finale music, which is so powerful, that instrumental. It comes on and it gives us the updates. So the updates for these women are Jen won a bet. She's moving in with Ryan, maybe. Shannon and John broke up, or did they? Or did they? I was surprised they didn't update Shannon's uh, title card to say something about running into a house with a dog on the passenger seat, because I felt like that was a pretty big update they should have done. I don't know, at least in the version of the episode that I saw, it didn't have the updated title card of Shannon running into a house. And I felt like that was pretty pertinent information that maybe we should have gotten out there. Anyone? Um, And this is where Casita, her update is she got a real estate license and a dog, which again is maybe an update that belongs on the TLC network. Anyway, uh, Hip, her daughter, is now an OC Hadid sister. So her daughter's now a famous model. And then Dubrow is using her son's real estate license, which is so shady, um, to Casita. And they're getting a new house. We did see them in their rental. Her and Terry, G6 Terry, were in the rental this episode. Um, but I thought that was shady to Casita about the son's real estate license. I don't know. Maybe I was just reading into it. And then, oh, Heather, it also says her IMDb was updated, which I loved. I wish we got more from that fight. And then Tamara, her whole update is about Heather Dubrow. And uh, Tamara's update is just that Heather can go fuck a duck. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
And then the episode ends. We got no Vicky Gumvelson, unfortunately. It felt like a missed opportunity. This was an all-cast event. Missed opportunity to not have Gumvelson there. Uh, maybe she could have helped Taylor pull up them pants, pull up the diaper, because she needed some help. And I don't know that Taylor had a diaper on, but I would imagine when you're in a costume like that, you got to have something. Um, but she needed help pulling up, and we got no Vicky. No, uh, this is one of those uh, events where I Orange County usually does that thing where they throw in like a Gina and a Lynn Curtin. They bring people back from the past for their finales, and they didn't do that this season, and I was upset about it. I just like some randos there. Like, give me someone, like, throw in a Slade Smiley or a Joe, invite them to the party, and I want to see them for two seconds, and then I want them carted off, and then I could focus on my main gals. But if you're throwing a finale event, and if any housewives are out there listening to this, you invite the old cast members. Whether we like them or not, you invite old cast members to the finale party because we like to see them very briefly and then move on with our lives. So I don't care what franchise this is. Uh, I'm talking about it doesn't matter if it's Orange County, Beverly Hills, Jersey, Atlanta, Potomac, don't matter. If you're doing a finale party, you invite all the old fucking cast members you got in your phone book to that party. And I want to just see them labeled on screen for two seconds and then we'll move on. It's come on. Come on. What are we, I feel like we're all getting lazy here. And this is on the housewives. I don't blame production either. I blame the housewives because you go through your phone book and you say, who will we recognize? You ask yourself, who will people recognize in my phone book? And then you invite them to the all cast party. You invite them to the finale event because, and it happens too with other franchises too. I'd uh, happy to be seeing some selling sunset people on the finale party. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be housewives from years past. It could be anyone invited to these events, but the finale party should have some recognizable faces. That's how I feel. Uh, anyway, the end of the episode, the end of the season, we get the reunion. I haven't seen the reunion trailer yet, but I'm very excited about it. Very, very excited. And now I'd like to end this episode by doing Archie's little cool down because I think we all need it. And some of you have been complaining that I don't do the cheesy cool down all the time. And I mean to, I just sometimes forget. So let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Come see me. Nashville tickets are still available Cleveland tickets are still available for the end of October. Uh, and then I think there's a couple for San Francisco, but everything else is sold out. So get those tickets while you can. Pre-order my book and we'll talk next week. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah.